Hello and welcome to another episode of the GFFN Players Podcast. Today we talk about Jeff Rennes Adelaide, 22-year-old midfielder from Lyon. I'm your host, Pierre-Paul Birmingham. Distantly with me today is Clinton McDovis. Hi, Clinton. Hi, hi. I'm very happy to be here. <clears throat> Great to have you on. Excited to talk about uh, Jeff, who is, I think he's one of our favorite players over here at GFFN. A lot of us are, are, are pretty interested in him. What do you think? Uh, I think he's a wonderful player. Uh, I think he's going to become an absolute star in the near future. I think he's already a star anyway. But uh, in the near future, once he gets into his stride, because he has not really played a lot of games so far in his career, that's not played enough. But I mean, very soon, I think he's going to explode. Well, I don't know about very soon, but, you know, <laughs> soon enough True. at some point. Um, yes. Jeff has actually not played any football in a while now and not because of the lockdown. Uh, but he did injure his ACL back in December, that was. Uh, at the same, it was the same match, wasn't it, as Memphis Depay, yeah. and Lyon lost, you know, their two best players this season. Uh, at that point, arguably the two best players. Would you agree with that? Definitely. I, I hope I'm not to be too. Definitely our best two players. I mean, obviously someone would want to mention Awa or some someone else, but I think um, Jeff and Depay were like the X factors, and they were just like really turning games around for Lyon. So. Definitely. I think they were, they were the two best players. So today we're going to talk about what kind of player he is and kind of go through his uh, career so far. I mean, he's only 22, so uh, it's, he's more left ahead of him than he does, uh, than he has gone by. But we'll, we'll start at the very beginning, I guess. He was born on the 17th of January 1998, which is one day after me. Uh, which is <laughs> <laughs> nice. one of the one of the reasons uh, I am a big fan of him, but that came much later. I mean, I was a fan of him before I, I found that out. That would yeah. be kind of a too cheap to con- to to convince <laughs> me. Um, <laughs> um, and he was born in a town of Champigny-sur-Marne, which is uh, somewhere around the Parisian region. His first club was Torcy, US Torcy, which is, fun story, uh, one of the clubs that Paul Pogba played for in his youth before he went to uh, the academy in Le Havre. And uh, that was an early point of, of comparison between the two uh, with uh, various coaches from Torcy, you know, clearly saying this guy's the best player we've had since Pogba. Yeah, uh, that's that's where the comparison should end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. They're very different players apart apart from that. He went to when he was 12. He was allowed. Uh, that's the age when you can sign for a uh, an academy. Uh, and so, I found the first mention of him in the press back from 2010. He was 12 years old, and pretty much every club in France was interested in 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 him, according to this article I found by by Le Parisien. And there was even talk about a uh, paying a 100,000 euro fee to his club Torcy to sign him, which I don't know if that ever came to be. I couldn't find any more information. Uh, 
and regardless of whether it's true or not, I wouldn't, you know, I don't know if that's true, but regard, regardless of whether it is, it's kind of, it speaks to the fact of just how crazy uh, the search for young players can be. I mean, 100,000 euros for a 12 year old. <laughs> <laughs> what does that even mean? Um, what is crazy? In money that's, yeah, absolutely. Uh, anyways, Clinton, he signed for Lens uh back then and he spent five years for Lens uh during which uh so he was part of a generation where he played with uh Moussa Sila who's now at, at Monaco um Yassine Fortuné who was a promising player like him at the time and they signed for Arsenal at the same time actually uh, as part of a uh, four million euro deal for the two of them Arsenal signed them in 2015, uh, at which point he drew, uh, so he was 17 then, and he drew a lot of attention pretty quickly uh, when he was at Arsenal, uh, mainly because of one performance at the Emirates Cup. <laughs> against his current club. <laughs> against, yeah, well, he played Lyon. his first match against Lyon, that's right. Um, but then he got an assist against Wolfsburg in the following one of that uh, hugely important tournament. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with that because uh, my club won it in 2014. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We share something. <laughs> yeah. Um, after which, uh, at that point, uh, you know, he was kind of on the radar as being a hot prospect for Arsenal uh, at, on the same level as Alex Iwobi at that moment. Um, who yeah. has, who was quicker, I guess, to uh, reach first team football and and kind of stay at that level. Uh, so definitely, he was on the radar back then at Arsenal. I don't know if you had heard of him at that point, Clinton. Yeah, I did. I did. Mm. I did. You, you can't you can't miss Arsenal fans. <laughs> you can't. I was definitely I had expectations about him. Um, maybe slightly influenced by his amazing performances on my football manager save, but you know. <laughs> um, one thing I can say is uh, I have no I have no memory of watching him play for Arsenal, even though I know he played matches. It just never really stood out to me at that point, personally. Like from what we said, he played eight matches for Arsenal across a few years. Yeah. Uh, he was mainly with the youth team, um, but he didn't. Yeah, he kind of struggled to to break through and make an impact. Even though, yeah, even he he admits it as well. He mm. said, I read an interview with him a while back where he said that um, he he was sometimes good, sometimes bad, but it was more because he didn't get many chances. So it was he had to take his chances as they came. And, and chances are hard to get. Yeah, yeah, when true. You, like for Arsenal. But, you know, he was, I, I've seen other interviews from, from other players who were quite impressed. I mean, I remember when we won the FA Cup in 2017, Ozil was like speaking to a camera interview and, and pointing at Jeff and saying, he's the future of this club, <laughs> um, which turned out not to be the case, I guess. Uh, yeah. If we fast forward into January of, of 2018, he was loaned at Angers uh, for six months. And then signed for them over the summer, uh, Clinton, for the sum of 1.5 million euros. 
<laughs> Una Emery. <laughs> and I everyone mean, else that, that made that decision, they have blood on their hands, to be honest. Because when you see, when you, if you had seen the potential, I mean, obviously, Jeff was in the finished article and he, mm. he had the things that happen with young players where you're inconsistent, he had other issues. But when you see the potential of this guy and what he can do when he's on the ball and just running at players, then you look at the, the transfer fee and you wonder what they were thinking. I mean, at, at worst, you loan him out again. But don't sell him for 1.5 million. I I had read at the time that Unai had told Jeff he wasn't really in his plans at the club, which I mean I can understand that from a point of view because there are a lot of talented young players at Arsenal and you know there's few spots for them to play with the first team, so there's going to have to be sacrifices made. Not all of them can fit in, um, but that was certainly not a lot of money. It was less than we had spent on him. Um, yeah. And maybe we were misled because his first six months at Angers were maybe promising, but not... I mean, he didn't... He got he didn't, he he had didn't very few stats. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's that in seven games. And really, Clinton, it was the following season that he started to impose himself as a first-team professional. Yeah, definitely. But um, I think when clubs are making decisions over young players, I mean, obviously the the player wouldn't have shown enough for you to make like real conclusions. But you have to look at what the player has shown so far and be able to at least predict what his potential would be. I mean, within a year and a half, um, this guy had signed for Lyon for thirty million or so, twenty-five million. Twenty-five million, yeah. Twenty-five million. That's that's a huge jump within a year. Mm. And there's no way he did that overnight. The, the signs were already there that, okay, he's, he just needs a little, a little tweaks here and there and, and, and he would be, he would be, you know, up there. And that's not just let him go like that. It's still weird to me, to be honest. I get that there are many young players in the team and everyone is trying to force their way in, but I, I wonder what it was they saw in some of the other guys I've been seeing. <laughs> in the first team of Arsenal that they, did, that they thought Jeff wasn't capable of because I'm seeing them and I think the only person that's really impressing me is Saka Bukayo Saka I can't I can't think of anybody else that would say okay he's on the same um, level as Jeff well, in terms of abilities and stuff I'm, I mean I may be wrong is there anyone <laughs> you can think of <laughs> I think we have good players but it's just a bad moment um, but anyways <laughs> Back to Angers, I'd much rather have that conversation. <laughs> um, so, yeah, in his first six months at Angers, during that loan, he didn't have a single goal or assist, which is maybe, you know... Was he didn't create any big chance. Yeah. Um, and actually, when they bought him for another... For the first half of the next season, he only had one assist, uh, and it wasn't... Uh, yeah, it wasn't kind of exceptional either but i remember watching him at that time and he he was a, a winger and in particular when he came to Reims one time i was able to really f- focus on him um and he was kind of just i mean I, I don't i don't think this is he was to blame for this it was probably uh you know the kind of tactical setup or the instructions he had been given but as a winger he was often quite far from the action 
Um, and he would sometimes kind of switch to the other side from wherever the ball was, kind of in a way to be open over there. Um, yeah. But I don't I know if the, that was the best the, use the, of him. I, yeah. Well, I, I think they, they, they had... Um, I think they had Tate at that time, Flavian Tate. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, if you want to, if you if you are going to decide on who to really focus on to carry your attacks Possibly. at that time, it's it's less likely to be Jeff because I mean you have someone who who can deliver more and who is is more refined, you know, at the club. And I mean, I guess that's that's probably why he was so far away from the action because, and also, I mean. I don't think they had figured out the best way to use him yet at that That's time. That's right. But I think there was out. also part of it was, I don't know if he was intimidated or maybe lacking a little bit of belief or something, but I knew, I remember he would get quite a few chances and they were just not going in. Um, you know, sometimes yeah. you not shoot hard enough or kind of just shoot next to the goal or something. And you could tell he was getting close and you could see he was good, but it just, wasn't fully clicking yet. And then yeah. there was a match um, against Montpellier on the 28th week of the season, uh, during which... Uh, so he was brought on, I think, as a sub, that's right, uh, because Shekhendoy had gotten injured and he was put in midfield. Yeah. And from then yeah, on, that was, uh, yeah. was a game-changer. He got insist in that match and yeah. and... And, and three weeks later, do you know about the big match against Rennes? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> that was it for him. Exactly, was, yeah. Was, and it's it's very unique because you can point to the match that really got him started taking off. And it was that match against Rennes. It was a home match, uh, 31st game of the season in 2018-2019. In a 3-3 draw in which Jeff scored twice and assisted one. And his second goal was actually in the 90th minute, the kind of equalizer. Yeah. And even though that goal was kind of like a flimsy header <laughs> from a meter out, it was such a big moment. The stadium went crazy. And and he had had such a good game. I mean, he had good performances in the couple games up to that. But all of a sudden, he had the stats to go with it there. Yeah. And I think that that meant a lot for him, and probably was the a moment he needed to really just go into the next gear. I think that mm. was it. everyone has that moment where, you know, I mean, everything is not clicking. Everything. I, I'm going to give an analogy, or yeah. sorry, I'm going to draw a, a comparison with someone, it, and it, it's Pablo Hernandez. Um, he plays for Leeds now, but at that time he was oh, yeah. at Valencia, and. Pablo was the exact way we're describing Jeff right now. That was what Pablo was. He he seemed a bit. You could tell that he had talent, but things were just not clicking for him. Like he would do something really nice, and then the next minute he messes it up, or he's not able to get a shot in. He's not able to do something productive with it, and then he loses the ball. And then everyone was just getting frustrated, and he he was not getting as many chances because we had someone like Joaquin ahead of him who was established, had been to a World Cup and all of that. So, like, it was like that was overshadowing him. And then there was just this one game where all of a sudden everything just worked. He came on late in the game and he, he just got the ball and he just ran with it. I think it was against Sevilla. And he just took a random shot. Like, 
in my head, when that ball was going in, I was thinking it was going out. And I was like, oh, here we go again. And the next thing, it was in the net. And I was like, okay, this is... <laughs> He just got a goal. Wow, okay. So he can score a goal, <laughs> which is exactly the, the reaction that I must have showed when um, Jeff Jeff got the goal that, that just opened his account. Yeah. And from that moment, Pablo just became like a man possessed from that <laughs> game. Like, we played Barcelona no long after, and he completely obliterated them and scored a very, very beautiful goal. And his confidence just seemed to rise. And he was just, after that, it's funny, right? Because yeah. it sounds like a cliche or or like a, just a way of storytelling to say that the one match changed it, really. But that yeah. was, I mean, that was it for Jeff. And all of a sudden, he was kind of getting attention from the national sports media and so on. Yeah. Um, but key to that was clearly his repositioning from, from winger to central midfield. Central midfield, exactly. And how do you think that brought out his qualities? I think um, Jeff's best quality is his ability to ball carry. Yeah. He's very good. He's at his best when he can pick up the ball. And, you know, um, when, when teams want to get into the attacking third, there are two main um, options they use. Either they break lines with, like, a deep player who just sends those passes to players in half spaces and all of that in the attacking third. Or they have a ball carrier that just takes it in there for them. And um, another example we could use is maybe um, um, Ben Arfa. Mm. If you have a Ben Arfa in your team, some you might not need to do the old passing thing. You just give him the ball and let him tear through the your position uh, midfield so that you now have runners around him that will just you know move around and you know, wait for the ball and also disrupt the defensive line and all of that. And that's kind of what Jeff is best at also, running, especially through that middle, because there's something about the middle that you don't get um, on the right. On the right, you kind of, you you have the byline, you have the the throwing line and all of that limiting you. So all you you really have to do is like, just try to get past the player on one side and all of that. But when you're in the center, like you, 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 and if I look at Jeff like a 360 player, he likes like everything around him. <laughs> he likes to use everything around him. Like is that kind of player, and he's so intelligent. So when when he's in the center like that, and he can pick up the ball and twist and turn. I mean, if he's on the right and he's trying to turn, he might just turn and the ball goes out for a throw him. But if he's in the center and he decides to turn, there's enough space, enough. You know, opportunity for him to do that, and he's so elusive also in the dribble. So when someone comes comes at him, it's just he just takes he just, the way he does it. It's just so sleek for someone so tall because he's tall and lanky and exactly. all that. Exactly. And you know who I think? Um, I mean, you brought up Ben Arfa, but but the player whose dribbling style I would compare him to most, and part of it is that is their height and and but also just the way it's kind of simple escaping the other player rather than than tricks is Abu Dhabi um yeah which might be a bit of an obscure reference at this point because <laughs> I, I, I get I get the comparison although yeah. it seems like Jeff Jeff is faster but that yeah. lanky ability to just effortlessly get past players and 
at, at some point it looks like he's about to lose the ball and exactly it's, it's when you get and close that like you realize scooping that scooping the ball kind of as he dribbles you know yeah exactly and and going straight um it's really enjoyable <laughs> yeah so he finished um that season i mean he that season with Angers, he didn't get that many more goals. I think he got one in the following game against Caen. That was a, a, a winning goal. And in the summer, there was a lot of talk about whether he might go somewhere or not. Uh, he played the first match of the season against Bordeaux with Angers uh, and got a goal and an assist. Was and substitute- completed nine dribbles. <laughs> nine dribbles. <laughs> so there you go. Lots of, um, of dribbles. Uh, got subbed off understanding ovation as Angers won 3-1 and everybody kind of knew this was looking like his last match. Last match, yeah. That's right. And Lyon came in with the 25 million euro offer as we mentioned and bought him. Now that uh, Angers were as a club were I I mean I like to say they were kind of broken by that transfer because they didn't need that much money. I mean they didn't need money at that at that time but it was a big offer yeah. and they sold who, who the guy who was looking like he could be their best player of the season they had a good season even without him for sure uh yeah. but it, there was a lot of tension at that point between the kind of different leaders at Angers and that tension has kept on going for that and other other reasons uh recently as well um I do think they would have been top four by now if he had stayed I absolutely yeah, believe possible. that he's he's such an X factor player and he was looking like he was about to completely explode with them this season. So mm-hmm. it, was, it was just a shame. So he signed for Lyon, whose next match was against Angers, which they won six <laughs> nil, which was a little bit awkward, but Jeff didn't play in that one. Um and uh oh one thing we could mention was that Arsenal did have a uh uh, uh, what do you call it? Priority First buyback. Refusal. Yeah. How do you call it? First refusal. That's right. On that transfer, uh, which they wavered because uh, maybe they would have felt silly spending 25 million on a guy they sold 1 million the year before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was that pride. It, it was a bit of pride in it like that. <laughs> or maybe they just didn't have the money. Yeah, who knows? Um, with, with Arsenal. But um, what do you think of his season? Well, his half season, I guess, before the injury with with Lyon. Oh, I think he's been wonderful because mm. Lyon have been pretty poor all season. They've they've just they've lacked imagination for the most part. Especially like it's been more about um, individual brilliance than like a collective or them playing as a unit and really like taking teams apart. And that that has been a problem this season, from with Sylvania to Rudy Garcia. Sometimes they are almost unwatchable, to be honest, because it's just a drab <laughs> affair and there's there's a lack of imagination and it, they just wait for someone to do something, maybe Awa or Depay or Jeff or someone. And it's at some point, um, you know, it started to look like they really really didn't know what they were doing on the pitch. So. Someone like Jeff coming in and every time he played, he just gave them that extra, that extra bit of genius. The way he would just run at players and take take you know take on players and just help them to penetrate defenses. That because we know that you know league on defenses, when when teams come away from home, 
um, they are not really very enthusiastic about attacking. So they, mm. they, they think their priority is first to keep it you know, really, really tight at the back. So when you're, especially when you're going to a team like, to a place like Lyon, where you know that this is one of the big teams in the league, this is this is a team that should be competing for the title and all of that. So obviously teams come prepared and they really don't don't care. I mean, if they go go away with a new new scoreline, they're they're happy. So that's where you need players like Jeff who can you know completely open up um, such tight defenses and just open things up. And I think he has done that very well this season. He's He's been absolutely. Um, I, I don't want to overhype his performances though, because hmm. I mean, obviously there's room for better. But I think that he's been one of the shining lights for Leon this season. Even when they were, you know, at their poorest and all of that, I think he he really really showed that he could be that player. But unfortunately, he didn't. Sometimes he got taken off too early. Sometimes he didn't start games, and it was kind of weird to see because. It was like this. This is one of your better players. This, in fact, this is one of your best players, and mm. he's not playing. And you are, you know, suffering. You are, you are struggling to create chances. You're struggling to do anything in the attacking third. And this guy is on the bench, or oh, you're taking off this guy. That's so. That also confused me, but I thought he did. He did very well. And what's well. yeah? What's I mean, one of the things also was that he didn't get a huge amount of playing time. Like he wasn't a a, a systematic starter. And barely ever played 90 minutes, just on a few occasions, actually. Um, And so one thing that we did wonder about on the podcast back at the time was whether physically he can play 90 minutes because he kind of looks like a slightly frail player. And I think people have mentioned that about him in the past as well. Um, And looking back over it, it's, it's strange because there doesn't seem to be like a very strong correlation between when he's playing and when Lyon gets results um, because they got some good results with him and they got some results without him too. And, yeah. you know, sometimes he would play 90 minutes and they lost. He played 90 minutes when they lost against Lille, played 90 minutes when they lost against Zenit St. Petersburg. And it's just... So maybe, maybe that factored in. I don't think it was a very good environment uh, this season to be in. Uh, for him, I think, even though he I did stand out. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. I think that um, Leon have been very, very off color this season, and mm-hmm. with all the managerial um, merry-go-round and whatever, it's it's not really been ideal for a first season. But which is why I think it's been quite impressive how he has held his own, because I think so far, even with all that was happening around him, he was able to still give in those performances. But you mentioned the the physical thing, mm. and I think that's that that might be, you know, really like spot on because um, Milan mentioned it as the reason why he didn't want to play Jeff like in the center. He talked about Moulin, the uh, yeah the Angers yeah, manager yeah Angers manager. I talked about the physical physical part of um, his game and how he wasn't. Wasn't physically up to it, up to that mm. task. So even when he did move him there, it was because his hand was forced because of the injury to Ndoye, and he had to yeah. just bring him on and just try him there. And then that was when he actually took off. So maybe that is part of the reason. Maybe because also I remember there was a game where he scored, um, and they got a red card. He scored and Leon got a red card, and he was taking. Taking oh, off yeah. in that same first half, 
I'm trying to remember the game. I think it was against Nice. Yeah. He scored and he, a red card happened, uh, Masalo. So, and then three minutes later, he was off. <laughs> so, and that, I, I was upset. <laughs> because yeah, yeah, I remember all, that, yeah. Um, Leon were 2 0 up and they looked pretty comfortable. So, I felt, okay, even if you're going to take off somebody, it should be somebody that, you know, is dispensable. You still need someone like Jeff to be running hard at Nice so that they don't now camp in your half and, and just put you through hell. But if he was taking off and it was confusing for me, but when you think about the fact that this thing about f- the, the physical thing has been mentioned a few times, then you, you maybe understand why that happened. Perhaps um, um, Garcia just wanted players that would actually put in a shift because now mm. you, you, they're going to afford a luxury player because in, in the context of everything, Jeff kind of feels like a luxury player to have in that kind of situation because, I mean, he's not that... He might not last for 90 minutes and all of that. So maybe that was part of the thinking and maybe that's something that he needs to work on. He needs to actually, you know, build his endurance, his cardiovascular endurance and all of that, perhaps. Yeah, I think you make some some very good points there. Um, and, you know, maybe he's using this time to that effect. I mean, he's still recovering from from, uh, from that injury back in December. He was out for the rest of the season, which is uh, not going to restart, supposedly. I mean, that's what they announced, but who knows what's yeah. going to happen, really. <laughs> um, but, you know, he should be ready to come back uh, soon enough. Um I, I mean, I think he'll be an important player for Lyon when he does. But the other thing was that during the fall, he was also on the books for Didier Deschamps. He never got a call up for the for the first team for a national team, um, but he did um, uh, continue playing with the with the U21s, of which he was the captain. Uh, one thing we could mention as well was that he was the European champion with the U17s with France. Um, yeah, back in, this in guy was in that team. Uh, yeah, Kano. yeah, and uh, with Lucas Zidane and and a few others. I mean, yeah, he, I mean he, you know, that's definitely something that that we could see happening in the next few years. Um, anything else do, that we? Ha- I do wonder though if he is looking at his mates from that time because um, Ikone mm-hmm. was in that team. Mm. And is is a starter in um, Lille now, and has already had like two strong seasons, one and a half best strong seasons under his belt or something. Um, Upamecano was there, and look at look at all the hype about him and all that. I do wonder though if um, Jeff is thinking and looking at them and saying, you know, my my um, my development has been slower than development of these guys. These guys have already played a lot of games compared to me, and maybe I need to like. You know, puts in more work. I, I I wonder about that sometimes. Um, but anyways, we'll be following him closely uh, for sure. He's probably not going anywhere for the for a while. You are going to want to keep him. Um, uh, and obviously, with the recovering for his injury and so on, uh, he's he's going to have to stay for for a bit. So we'll be excited to see more of him in Ligue 1. Um, I, I hope he's fit for the Champions League though. Oh, oh when. Yeah. That's, that's an interesting point. Him and um, Depay could be fit, and that could completely change the dynamic of that type. Because they, they, they got that win against Juventus without him or Depay. Yeah, and um, now they have um, Bruno in midfield, who has been 
exceptional. So Ooh, when you throw in Depay, throw in Jeff, uh, I fear for Juventus at this point. <laughs> maybe you <laughs> can surprise us, maybe. And also the you cup final. always surprise us one way or another. I mean, it's... <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> the cup final against PSG. Uh, oh, yes. You'll also probably be available for that as well. So things might be, you know, it might, mm. this season might not be completely over. Um, thanks, Clinton, for doing this with me. Oh, thank you for having me. Great to have you on. Always glad to talk uh, about Jeff with someone. And uh, there is more coming from uh, the GFN Players podcast in the next few weeks. So make sure you keep your uh, ears tuned for that. And uh, we'll speak to you soon. Thank you for listening.